Hello, and welcome to the weekly podcast of C2 Church in Columbia, Missouri. The Bible says it's good to extol the Lord for what he has done. And we sing about the life that he provides, the, the extravagant love. I think extravagant is a good word, don't you? I'm going to invite you to just take a seat for a second. I wanted to, as we head into this new year, I wanted to share a little bit more um, just kind of what the Lord's been working in my life and, and where I think he's leading me and leading our church. And, and hopefully you'll find it a challenge uh, tonight. If, if you weren't with us this morning, certainly can get the podcast online at c2church.com. And if you're not part of C2 Church, but you're worshiping with us tonight, we welcome you. So glad that you're with us and, and praying for breakthrough for you as well. Um, before I dive into it, I wanted to make sure that you're taking a moment to write down your praises for 2017 and uh, dropping them in the buckets. Um, there's buckets back at the little tables to either side. And a little later, we'll have a testimony time. We're going to testify. So make sure you fill those out. And that'll um, just one or two. You don't have to do, do a lot. I, counting all the heads, uh, I don't know if we'd get through all of them anyway. So, But if you just have one that you're thanking the Lord for and praising Him, we want to we wanna be able to do that tonight. So this, the scripture that I've been really kind of fermenting on, if I may use that word, um, Ephesians three sixteen through 21, um, kind of dove into it a little bit this morning. But Paul's writing the church in Ephesus, and I, I want to read that scripture for you again. So if you've got your digital device, turn it on or open up your scriptures. Paul says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down deeper and deeper into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. I think that's the extravagant love we were just thinking of, singing about. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. To him be the glory. As I've been thinking about this thought of breakthrough, and as I shared this morning, it really started with this thought that God has more for each one of us and, and more for, for our church and for our city and for our communities and our neighbors. And as I was reading in, in my studies, I was reading the, the Beatitudes, and, and, the, and Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. And it, it struck me in that moment, the, uh, as I've been praying for more of God, from this scripture, I'm, I've been praying, I want God's more. Whatever God's more is, I want that. I don't want my more, because my more is usually selfish and has you know, four wheels and lots of horsepower. But God's more is so much greater. And Paul is writing that we'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's, that's the kind of more I want. And as I read the words of Jesus that said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for God's righteousness, for, for what God desires, for God's approval. I, I began to think and pray, God, 
make me hungry like that. Make me more hungry for more of you. More hungry for your approval. I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I have a pretty great appetite and I don't always eat the right things, right? And so as I'm praying for more hunger in, a, in the spiritual, I, I, it's easy for me to kind of tie that to physical hunger because I have that. I don't know if you do. But as I was praying for more hunger, I wasn't necessarily praying for a bigger appetite. But what God began to reveal to me is that our spiritual appetite is sometimes filled, that hunger is filled with things that are not from God. But we settle. We, we settle like, like a mid-afternoon snack right before dinner time. And your mother always said, don't eat that because why? You'll spoil your dinner. You guys had the same mother I did. Around the holidays, we have a house full of candy. Thanks, mother-in-laws that I just tend to nibble on and they sort of just take the edge off the hunger. And so when it's dinner time, I'm kind of like, eh. No, dinner's healthy. It it provides all the nutritional stuff that I need, but chocolate-covered peanut M&Ms, oh my goodness. It's like they're from the Lord. And I think it's in the spiritual sense that sometimes we take things that aren't really good for us, but they're just pleasure in the moment, right? The earthly and te- temporary pleasures of this world that, that, that just sort of take the edge of our, our true appetite, our true hunger for God. And, and it's not that I don't have an appetite. It's that I, I actually fill that hunger with things that aren't from God. And, and I have just enough from God that I, I, I don't really hunger after more of Him. I think about the spiritual feast that must be set before us. As I think about this scripture where Paul says that he is able to accomplish infinitely more than we can think or imagine, I think about the spiritual feast that must be set before us, that we can have as much of God as we want. In fact, that's how much of God you have right now, is as much as you want. And when I, when I think about that, I think, I, I want to be more hungry for you this year. I don't want to fill up on the, the, the temporary pleasures of this world. Even the good things that come our way that, that really aren't the God things. And I, I think about, I, I remember after the, the earthquake in, I believe it was Haiti. And I remember hearing about... Uh, some of the children down there that they were, that some of our missionaries were caring for, they they had run out of supplies, and uh, this this is before Convoy of Hope could get to these children. When they heard the story, they were able to feed them, but but the orphanage was feeding the kids dirt and straw dust cookies just to fill their stomachs, just to fill their stomachs. And I, I think about the spiritual feast that is set before us, and and. Sometimes I think we fill ourselves with dirt and sawdust because we don't know better, because we don't see the feast that God is setting before us. And he's saying, come, taste and see that I'm good. See all that I've set before you. He wants to fill us. The thief, the Bible says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and life to the full. Are you full? Are you Thanksgiving full on Jesus? 
Can, can you remember the last time you were that full? I'm hoping tonight is that, that time that you walk away full. That at midnight when we walk out of here at 12.05 or whatever time, that you walk away saying, that was so good. I'm full of God. And then when you wake up in the morning and you hunger, your physical stomach begins to growl. It will remind you to feed on God again and not just feed the desires of our stomach. I remember one time my family was treated to a fancy restaurant. And my family, we never, we didn't really eat out a lot. We didn't have a lot of money. And so when someone treated us, they took us to this fancy restaurant. And, and I didn't know what to order. So you know what I did? I ordered a cheeseburger and fries. Now, most of you are like, hey, that sounds pretty good, right? And I think about what my parents ordered. They ordered these nice, juicy steaks. I remember the guy who was paying for the meal, he ordered some sort of duck that looked awesome. And it was expensive. And here I am with a cheeseburger and fries. I'm like, what? My brother got shrimp, and I'm thinking, I'm such an idiot. I, can I tell you, church, there's a feast set before us if we would open our spiritual eyes and realize that God offers us so much. And maybe you'll make your prayer this year, Lord, make me more hungry for you. I believe that hunger is there. But I think it takes sometimes pulling out the junk food, emptying the proverbial junk food from our lives. The truth is this. I wrote this down in my journal. I eat what I crave, and I crave what I eat. I eat what I crave, and then I crave what I eat. So, like, I went to the movies the other day, and I bought a a bucket of popcorn, right? Because you don't go and get the small, you get the large. Like, no fool gets just the small. And I just eat a few pieces. The movie hasn't even started yet. And I'm like, no, I'm going to save the rest of it for the movie, right? It was done before the last promo. I, you know, because I, once I started eating it, I started craving it. And once I craved it, I, I had to eat it. And you see the cycle? And so whatever you're filling your life with, you begin to crave that. And when you crave it, you want to satisfy that craving by, by eating it. And then by eating more of it, you crave it, right? This is, this is scientifically proven that, that companies out there are putting addictive things in there. I blame them. And I thought, Lord, how true is that in my spiritual life? And that I'll just fill up, uh, like, I'm just going to sit down and watch one show on Netflix. And then eight hours later, right? I mean, like we binge on things that don't matter. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying they, they don't matter. And I just wanted to check my Facebook status for like three minutes. And three hours later, my thumb is cramping from all the scroll, right? I'm just saying... We, we crave these things and we just satisfy that craving. But what if we took time this year to turn that hunger towards God? I know sometimes there are times when I'm not hungry. I lose my appetite. Anybody lose your appetite? There's, there's usually a reason for the reason you lose your appetite. You're sick. Usually, I, you know, I don't feel like eating when I'm sick. Or when I'm stressed. I don't eat when I'm stressed. Some of you are stress eaters, so I 
you know, maybe we can't identify. But maybe when you're discouraged, I, I think there are some of you tonight who, who, it's not that you're filling up with other things, it's that you've been discouraged. Maybe you've been stressed, spiritually sick. Maybe tonight's that time for diagnosis. Saying, Lord, what's keeping me from hungering and thirsting after your righteousness? Can, can I just encourage you, be honest with God and, and then let the Holy Spirit, by his wisdom and his power, help you discern what that is. And, and maybe tonight you'll find someone to pray with. And I encourage you, as we worship in freedom tonight, um, you know, make sure you're not poking people with your, your freedom. Find space, get along with God. Be quiet before him, listen to his voice. Pray with someone you know in the room. The truth is, you are what you eat, right? Isn't that what we always hear? And, and you are what you don't eat either. And so it is in a spiritual sense. You are what you spiritually eat, and you are what you don't spiritually eat. If you're not eating the Word of God, if you're not consuming it, it certainly isn't going to just magically come out of you. The fruit of God's Spirit that the Bible says is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They aren't just going to magically appear in your life when you're not consuming the Spirit of God and His Word. The Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. It's sort of a repeat of what Paul writes about in Galatians chapter 5. But Peter goes on to say, like newborn babies crave spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Have you tasted that the Lord is good? There's a reality the goodness of God. It's not just something Christian folks say to convince themselves and to be positive. Well, the Lord is good, you know. But the Lord is good in a real tangible sense. I'll tell you got some babies. How often do they crave milk? How, how often do they eat? Especially when they, they're now still newborns. Every two hours. Every two hours. Mm. Every two hours. So Peter says, like newborn babies, crave spiritual milk. Every two hours. Boy, think about that. Every two hours, you're... you're you're craving something from the Lord. And you're feeding on what God is, is giving you. What if, what if this new year was like that? Where that became your diet. You just fed on the Word of God. Because you know what happens when you don't eat right? Or you don't eat at all? You get hangry. Mm, can I get amen? You get crabby. Like if I don't eat, I get crabby. I guess the new word now is hangry. Is that, is that right? And that's what the scripture, it's in the scripture. Did you know that? It says, if you're not eating spiritual milk, it says you're going to be full of malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander of every kind. That's hangry right there. It's described. It's in the Bible. This is why you read the Bible, because cool stuff's in there. And when you're not feeding on the scripture, just your natural self comes out. And my natural self is not very good sometimes. But when you're feeding on the spiritual, I didn't need an amen. I was preaching to you. 
<laughs> but that's what our, our natural self comes out. And I'm telling you, our, our natural human instincts are selfish, self-absorbed. I've become more discerning in my tastes. My wife has a special diet, so we restricted ourselves from sodium because I'm a good husband, right? So we reduced sodium, and you know it's made my palate um, sensitive to salt. We just went to a restaurant a little earlier tonight, and I took like three bites, and I went, this is so salty. I can't, you know, like we're constantly saying that. Like things, everything is really salty because we We've cut sodium out of our, our diets in, in a pretty significant way. And I think about how in my spiritual life, as I've begun to reduce some of the intake of things that probably aren't good for me anyway, like I, I be, my, my, my palate for God has become more sensitive and discerning. You know, when you start shutting off the television and the... Well, kids don't watch TV. They watch streaming services. You start turning that off. Young people, I'm talking your, your language. When you start turning off YouTube and, and all of the social media streams that you feed on, your, your palate for God will become more sensitive. I used to be a youth pastor, so I, I feel like I can still talk to you. I'm, I'm telling you, if you start dialing that stuff down, you will hear God's voice clearer. You will understand his, his will and his purpose for your life better. But when you fill every waking moment with some other feed coming into your mind, you know what? God won't fight with that. Adults, that goes for you too. God's not going to fight with all the other voices that you've plugged into. Philippians 4.8 gives us this challenge. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right and whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. And that's my prayer. Lord, help me to hunger for more of you. Help me to desire more from you. And I just wonder if, is, is what I'm watching on Netflix, is it causing me to treasure Jesus more and hunger after him? Is my cell phone, is it helping me connect to Jesus more? Right? Are the hobbies that I have, the way I spend my free time, does it cause me to enjoy Jesus more? Is that which I'm filling my life with? Every moment of every day, does it cause me to hunger and thirst after his righteousness? That's my prayer for this year, for myself and, and for you as well. For those who have ears, let them hear. If that's your prayer, then, then as we worship tonight, would you just say that to God? Make that your prayer. Lord, cause me to hunger and thirst for you. I think times of worship like this, I think you must be hungry for God, otherwise it... 10.45 on a Sunday night on New Year's Eve, you're here. That's awesome. So let's keep chasing after God. Let's keep hungering and thirsting after Him. Would you do that?
do that healthy keepliness. God. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. He does incredible, impossible things. That's true. You know, this, this evening we've talked about breakthrough as we've worshipped. talked about breakthrough by hungering for more of God. Breakthrough in the name of Jesus. I and mean, we sang those songs about the powerful name of Jesus, right? There's breakthrough in the name of Jesus. And when you don't know what to pray, if you listen to my prayer, sometimes it's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. So I want to encourage you with one last thing tonight before we sing a couple more songs and take communion as we go into the new year. That there's breakthrough in praise. And when we take time to praise God in a moment like this, or even maybe more important in your own personal life, maybe families as you gather together around your table, in your small groups, in your, in your private time, quiet devotions or time with friends. And it's, I think sometimes it's easier to praise looking backwards, right? Like moments like this, we look back over the year and we say, thank you, God, for, for bringing me through and for, for all that you did, all that you provided. But a new year is a, a year not only of promise, but the new year will also be a new year of problems. I'm pretty sure of that. And there was, there was one in there, I think we read it. Thank God for the trials in my life that brought me closer to him or something like that. And that, I, I thought, I think something like that is, you know, it's a, it was one of about a hundred. Very rarely do we look back and go, thank you, God, for sending problems my way. Thank you, God, for allowing me to go through the fire and the trials of life. And sometimes we can, looking backwards, but seldom in the midst of it, we go, thank you, God, for my finances that are failing right now. You know, like in the middle of the problem, it's hard to praise, isn't it? But can I encourage you, praise is oftentimes the way breakthrough comes about. Philippians chapter 3, Paul writes in verse 10, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. The other translation says to share in the fellowship of his sufferings. Like that, that doesn't make sense. Why would we want to share in his sufferings? Well, because in the trials and tests of life, I think that's those moments that God is doing his best work in us and through us. Paul writes in Romans 5, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Is it possible to praise, not just after the breakthrough, but before the breakthrough? James writes this in chapter 1, verse 2, Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Are you starting to sense a pattern here in Scripture? That our best praise doesn't necessarily come after the breakthrough. It comes before, during, through. 
that process of breakthrough. Praise often precipitates breakthrough. Second Chronicles chapter 20, if you're familiar with the scripture, King Jehoshaphat has been, has been anointed king, and it's not too long after that that he finds himself surrounded by three armies. In fact, it says that he comes before the Lord and says, Lord, we have no power to face this vast army. And he says, but our eyes are on you. He calls the people to pray and to fast, and he calls them together. And he gives them encouraging words, and he says to stand strong in faith. Then he goes on to say, it says this in, in verse 21 of chapter 20. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. When is the last time you faced a problem, a trial, something that just seems so insurmountable and you said, you know what, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to thank him for his character, his holiness and the power that I know he has. Before he's actually done anything for you, before you even asked him for anything, you just go ahead and praise him. There's power in praise. And I think if, if you put praise on your lips in 2018, the year's going to go a whole lot better than 2017. Your problems are going to start to pale in comparison to the greatness of our God who has no rival. Verse 22, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Your problems might just take care of themselves. It's in Scripture, right there. I can tell you this. The people of Judah knew their God better after that moment, after that breakthrough. But can you imagine the moments leading up to that? The fretting, the hand-wringing, the sweats. And they praised him anyway before they ever got the answer. Habakkuk 3 says this, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the field, fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Man, could life get any worse? All deeds is closed. Yet. If there's a word I look for in the Bible, it's that word. Yet. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. And the scripture is just full of it. Philippians chapter 4. Paul writes, Don't be anxious about anything, but rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say it again. Rejoice. And don't be anxious. Send it to God. Let Him deal with it. Can I close my, my portion? the psalm would you just close your eyes and I just want you to receive this let it be like a balm over a wound let it be like oil over your head dripping down and blessing you 
I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Don't just praise after the breakthrough. Praise Him before. Praise Him through and during it as well. Let's continue to worship. Well, from our family to yours, Happy New Year. Can I send you out into this new year with a blessing? Would you receive it tonight? Father, in the name of Jesus, bless your people. Lord, we believe 2018 will be better than 2017, not because there are less trials or tribulations, but because we've set our eyes on you. And we know you hold the future. We know you hold it all. And we're trusting you. We're believing you for more. Bring breakthrough. And Lord, don't just bring breakthrough for us. Bring it for this church and for this community. Lord, may we carry your gospel into this community like never before. Bring breakthrough in evangelism and discipleship. Bring breakthrough in our neighborhoods, all of our neighborhoods, all across this city, all across mid-Missouri. Bless us so that we might be a blessing to all who we come in contact with in the name of Jesus. Bless your people. Amen. Amen. Have a good new year. Hey, we're so glad you listened in. If you made a decision to follow Christ today or would like more information, please email us at nextsteps at c2church.com or visit us at c2church.com.